3: It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, the Federal Minister of Agriculture holds a news conference to push for an answer on agri-stability enhancements from the three prairie provinces. Marie-Claude Bobo says it's been over 110 days since she proposed improvements to the program, and the deadline to enroll is fast approaching. We have an answer from the Provincial Minister of Agriculture. We also have a market outlook on wheat production from markets farm analyst Bruce Burnett. Real Real Agriculture talks with the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association about carbon storage. We have a feature study on very early seeding of spring wheat, and you will be surprised by that early study. And a report on avoiding the spread of clubroot. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom
0: of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
3: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Babot is pushing for a clear answer from the three prairie provinces on agri-stability. The prairies are worried about the added cost, but Bobo says the agri-stability enrollment deadline of April 30th is fast approaching, and she needs an answer. These proposed changes
4: could lead to an increased payout from agri-stability of 50% or $170 million nationally into the pockets of the farmers who need it most. It has been just over 110 days since we made this offer to the provinces. We have received positive responses from almost all other provinces in Canada. But in order to enact these changes, we are still awaiting a clear response from all three prairie provinces. We need a strong consensus that includes the prairies if we are going to move forward with these changes that farmers have been asking for. And we are anxious to know As Prairie Agriculture Ministers taking the proposal to their cabinet and to their premiers, are they supportive of these changes?
3: Babo is preparing to convene an Agriculture Minister's meeting in the next week or two, but wants a clear decision on the agri-stability enhancements.
4: To ensure this is a productive conference and that we can provide much-needed results for farmers, I would prefer they have a decision in hand. We have had many discussions. Canadian farmers want us to act. Farmers stepped up in a big way this past year, and they faced a lot of stress. While we have seen record prices for grains, livestock producers haven't had it as good. We are continuing to help them to deal with backlogs. An improved agri-stability program would be a big help to livestock producers who are coming up a difficult year in 2020. As I said following our meeting with ministers on November 27th, we are ready to deliver for farmers who continue to deliver for Canadians.
3: Agriculture Minister David Merritt of Saskatchewan says his last conversation with Minister babo was January 29th, when he once again reiterated Saskatchewan's request for a follow-up meeting of federal and provincial ministers of agriculture. Merritt says Saskatchewan is one of the provinces that has been asking for a follow-up meeting, and he says it's nice to see after all this time that the federal minister is finally willing to bring her provincial and territorial colleagues back to the table to complete the important discussion on enhancements to agri-stability. The chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Arnold Balicki, has supported the proposed enhancements to agri-stability and welcomes another meeting. But he says there is some frustration.
5: It certainly is. You know, we uh, we find it an odd way to, to try and move this conversation forward. Uh, but, you know, we're hopeful that uh, this will make it move uh, in, in seeing these proposed changes put in place for Saskatchewan cattle producers. Uh, you know, we... We support the stability enhancements, and so it's just a matter of the, the provinces and territories and the feds getting together, and that's, Minister Bebo has asked for that, and so it looks like perhaps maybe in the next week or so that's going to happen. So uh, we, we really look forward to that, but they need to, all parties need to work together to push this thing past the finish line, uh, this bantering back and forth isn't getting uh, isn't getting an end result and so you know we're, we're doing everything can went and you know the ministry uh, in Saskatchewan knows full well where we stand from an SEA point of view and you know we understand yes there are uh, there are um, monetary challenges for the province I mean we are the biggest agricultural producing province so we probably have the most potential for payouts but but having said that we we are the, the the biggest producing province and so we we uh, produce a lot of product and not just domestically but for export markets so i just really hope they they can see that and and uh, move it forward
3: balicki was asked if there's any room for compromise
5: well that's how it looks to us as well like i said there looks like a lot of bantering back and forth they they really need to to get back together and and uh, you know get the gloves off and and you know, get it settled once and for all instead of just going back and forth. And let's let's get a decision made here that hopefully is positive towards the, uh, the beef industry.
3: Belliki says the enhancements would provide significant benefit to cow-calf producers. APAS says the proposed changes to a 2,000-acre grain farm in Saskatchewan would mean a jump for last year from $4,000 to almost $75,000.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
3: The wheat area is expected to decline in North America this year, but production in the Black Sea region will be higher. Markets Farm Analyst Bruce Burnett says there's strong competition for acres in Canada and especially
6: the United States. I think the most important factor here is that the U.S. soybean area In North Dakota and South Dakota, basically overlaps a good portion of the spring wheat area. And with the strong bids and the relatively low production cost of soybeans, uh, especially with fertilizer prices going up like they have, uh, I think you're going to see most of that 2 to 4 million acre drop in the U.S. In Canada, we're expecting just over a million acres.
3: Burnett says higher cash bids for wheat should help retain some of the acres.
6: The U.S. recently sold some wheat in Taiwan at, at levels that are essentially less than, than values that uh, uh, places like Pakistan were paying for landed soft wheat, essentially. So uh, certainly a little bit of a disjoint still in that protein market. Burnett says
3: part of the issue is that high protein wheat continues to be undervalued. But as for global wheat production...
6: Global production in 2021 is likely to increase from last year. Again, we're seeing a higher winter wheat area in in a lot of countries. Production prospects have stabilized a bit in parts of Russia and Europe, although really we're just getting the growing season going there. So stay tuned to that. But uh, I think probably we're going to see an increase in production. Uh, Areas that will see a decrease in production are probably going to be Australia and Canada, and
3: even Argentina. Canadian wheat exports have been very strong, about 2.5 million ahead of last year's pace, and Burnett expects export velocity to remain strong until the end of the crop year. As for Durham, even though prices are very good, there won't be much movement for 2021 20, acres.
6: A slight increase I have penciled in right now for Durham in, in Western Canada. Very tight carry-in this year. We think we it's going to get down to about 750,000 tons. Next year, again, with the exports, we see pulling back by about 300,000 tons from last year just because of that better condition in Morocco. There could be, again, some surprises from some of the other Mediterranean countries, but certainly we're still looking at a, ending stocks below a million tons which is positive for Durham prices.
3: Moving to weather, regular rain will be needed this spring and summer due to below and well below normal subsoil
6: moisture levels. We did use up most of our soil moisture reserves. So uh, essentially from Winnipeg to Calgary and up to Saskatoon and up to Red Deer, we have an area that's basically dry to very dry. The very dry region really uh, covers... The majority of the growing region in Saskatchewan, unlike the past years when we've had some moisture around, uh, certainly this year we're going to need to see those regular consistent rains. We can't go through some of the dry spells that we have had for the past couple of years and still get an average to above average crop.
3: Burnett is projecting that the current La Nina phase will move into neutral around seeding time.
6: This probably uh, is a tendency that you would see with this transition period for La Nina, a little bit drier than normal uh, weather, again, not... Dramatically drier than normal, though certainly not predicting a drought during this pattern change. And once that pattern change has occurred, then again, the precipitation chances probably, I would say, return more towards normal.
3: Bruce Burnett is a weather and grains analyst with Markets Farm.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get
7: canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at school.com Okay, we're going to talk about carbon and forage and all that good stuff. Uh, we're joined right now by Cedric McLeod. He's Executive Director of the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association. Cedric, how are you? I'm great, Sean. Great, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to chat with you, Cedric. So, big announcement on Tuesday. A pilot project aiming to demonstrate grasslands' carbon storing power. You got the keywords in there: carbon. Uh, what What is this project uh, attempting to do?
1: Yeah, so this is really a follow up uh, to a project we've run over the last couple of years to the uh, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Agriculture Greenhouse Gases Program. Now it's a handful. Um, so we developed uh, the, the first kind of offsets carbon offsets protocol applicable to Canadian grasslands. And so we got that registered with the Climate Action Reserve back in October, and uh, so this is a follow-up project to take that protocol out onto the landscape and test it out with with landowners and uh, lots of partners there with the Conservation Trust to help us navigate that, and then uh, move those credits over to a partner in the oil and gas industry, in the energy industry. Sorry,
7: two-year pilot. It's going to allow landowners and ranchers, as you said, to generate these carbon offsets. And then be able to generate some sort of secondary income off of them?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's exactly the the idea is to to value that carbon and and monetize it and and get those dollars into the genes of producers.
7: Like, how do I get involved in something like this? Because we're hearing, you know, there's a lot of interest in this right now. we got the federal government, you know, working on their carbon offset program. We're hearing about, you know, obviously climate change and Canadians, be, Canadians being concerned about it. This seems like something that uh, puts it more into action. So how do I qualify for it?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of key considerations here. So it has to been under grassland management for at least 10 years. Um, the area under consideration, uh, less than 10% would be forested. You can graze it, and and obviously to maintain the health of grasslands, we we you know we promote active grazing. Um, and and you know we've built in some flexibility. You know if you need to to do some weed control, if you want to, if you need to take some hay off from time to time, it's all eligible. The key point though here, Sean, is that we are working towards a, kind of a rangeland health assessment to make sure that it is a healthy grassland. So no management applied is, is you know, kind of detracting from that, from that rangeland health. So uh, outside of that, if you're maintaining that carbon under the grassland, the next, really the next. Step is permanence, and that is one thing that the carbon market, you know, is really hinges on is permanence. So, um, these grasslands to enroll in the program, there would have to be some type of easement applied that would that would create that that permanence factor to be able to allow that carbon to be marketed.
7: So, when you say permanence, you mean that you're promising, guaranteeing that that land stays in grass for
1: a, a, a period of decades. That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, easements are typically, you know, in perpetuity. And so that means being paid for this carbon that's locked there means it's going to stay locked there. And, and that is a, a key premise for, you know, for trading carbon. It always has to be permanent and you need to prove permanent. So in this case, we're talking about easements. Now, I would say that some of our project partners are looking at some different types of easements that would be maybe not perpetuity, uh, but would be term type of easements, which which takes a little bit of pressure off the landowner to enroll. But those are the kind of questions that we will be answering through this project.
7: So it's a pilot project. So what, after the two-year period what happens here? Is it is there an evaluation done by all stakeholders in, in terms of rolling it out to a larger set of uh, producers? What, it, what does this look like? like from the standpoint of it being a pilot project?
1: Yeah, no great question. And I think the, the real value of what we've got here is a full slate uh, of partners. And so... By that, I mean, you know, we've got the demand side of the market. Shell Cam is with us. They, you know, they're looking for carbon offsets. Their nature-based solutions program. We've got the grasslands in the middle. Resco Solutions is involved and they're, you know, they're a service provider. All the land trusts are in the middle, right? So they're the ones that are signing the easements and bringing these landowners to the pilot project. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more
7: about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
0: It's your agro weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
3: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And the Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunny sky, high plus 5, wind southeast 20, near midnight, the low minus 6. Thursday, sunny sky, wind south 30 gusting to 50, the high plus 8 tomorrow, wind chill minus 10 in the morning, the low minus 1. Friday sunny the high 15 the low -1. Saturday sunny the high 10 the low -4. Sunday sunny the high 7 degrees the low -5. Monday partly cloudy the high plus 8 the low -3. Tuesday partly cloudy the high plus 7. Normal high for this state plus 1 the normal low -11. The sun rose at 7:07 this morning. It sets at 7:06 tonight. 12 and 12. On the roundup, the hot spot is plus 9 at Maple Creek. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, minus 8. Estevan and Saskatoon, both plus 2. Swift Current, plus 7. Weyburn, plus 4. Yorkton, plus 2. Sunny and Regina, plus 4. That's 39 Fahrenheit. Windsor from the west at 4. Humidity is 47%. The rising, 102.6. Sunny and Jaw 6. Windsor from the northwest at 8. Once again, Regina, sunny and plus 4, that's 39 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
0: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan
3: Agriculture today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Seeding wheat early can provide several benefits without many risks. That from Brian Barris, an agriculture and agri-food Canada research scientist based in Lethbridge. He spent five years evaluating ultra-early seeding for wheat. Rather than using the calendar, seeding started when the soil temperature was plus 2 by 10 a.m. There were several test sites and cooperator trials in various parts of Saskatchewan and Alberta.
8: We definitely showed there was no risk. We showed that we didn't suffer a yield penalty, and then we took it to another step. So we progress to a more of a systems question around planting dates, seeding depth, and so on. And and the short and long of that one is shallower is better. And it's still better to maintain those high seeding rates of at least 400 seeds per square meter or 40 seeds per square foot, because it's giving us that good stand to begin with. And we know that both the earliness of the planting and the high seeding rates will give us earlier harvests, and greater uniformity. And there's just all sorts of benefits around that. The biggest producer concern surrounding ultra early seeding wheat is a hard frost. There was a spring that we had two years ago, I believe, where we had some nasty frost events. There were some nights I believe it got down as low as minus 11. And for cereals, we used to look at this quite a bit with cover crops, but basically if you get to minus eight, that's a frost event that can terminate a cereal crop um, at times. So I was very worried. I thought I was going to get run out of Dodge City there by having this idea. But, you know, there was no issue. There was a little bit of leaf necrosis on, say, the top third of the leaves. It was in like a two to three leaf stage. But that was it. And, you know, the guys that reported back said that they've never had as high yields as they did with switching to this type of a, a seeding system. And they're now committed to it. Barris' seed treatments are recommended. Some of the fungicidal seed treatments that are out there that have triple actives in them, like Rapsil Pro, they're pretty good. There's some known frost tolerance to that, to some of the actives in there. But I still, based on our work and and others, being able to package that with a, with a Neonic, we showed multiple times over that you actually end up with significantly greater plant stands and better yields just from... The seed treatment itself. As for other benefits? Better synchronization to water availability is one of them but then you can also possibly escape some other issues around insect pests that might be synchronizing their life cycle to the life cycle of a later planted spring wheat. So you could possibly disrupt those sorts of things as well. If there's risk at fall then having the opportunity to take it off earlier without yield penalty. So at a minimum there's no yield penalty and as you note Um, quite often we actually see a yield bump going earlier. Many farmers are
3: hesitant about starting the concept. Barris talks about one of his conversations with an Alberta producer who tried out ultra-early wheat seeding on his farm. He's
8: looking out there and he's like, I think I can go, but nobody around me is. I don't want to look like an idiot and go out there and do it and blow up a quarter section of wheat (laughs) because Barris told me to go do it. And, you know, we had a conversation and I said, you know, we've proven that the hypothesis works. We haven't had anybody scale it up yet, but he was one of the first ones that did. And, and, I, and I said, go do it. If your soil temperature is reading two degrees, go do it. And he did. And he was really happy with the results.
3: Barris will start a new project this year to see if ultra early seeding works for Durham wheat as well. You can learn more about the topic by listening to the Sask Wheat monthly podcast called Wheat Profit.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM.
3: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you call 1-800-340-2311. Saskatchewan Agriculture has some advice for farmers on avoiding the spread of clubroot. Clubroot can cause serious yield losses in canola fields. The crops extension specialist in outlook Kaylee Kendrichuk says producers should remain diligent to avoid spread of the soil-borne disease.
9: With the recent clubroot distribution map being released, you may be wondering what to do now that the disease has been found in the Lake Diefenbaker area. Irrigation increases the risk of clubroot development and spread, no matter where in the province you are located. It increases the risk because the disease moves with soil, and the nature of irrigation means more traffic and increased soil moisture. This is why it's important to remain diligent in trying to prevent or manage this disease from spreading, regardless of where you farm. For some producers, prevention practices are already in place, while others are planning to start implementing them soon. The best time to begin using clubroot management strategies is before the disease is in your field. The recommendations for club root prevention are the same for everyone. Use a three year crop rotation or a two year break between canola crops. Use clubroot resistant canola varieties. Reduce soil movement in and out of fields. Control brassica weeds, which can also act as a host for clubroot, and scout your fields regularly. Managing the disease will look different for everyone, especially between dry land and irrigated fields, as it needs to be tailored to your farm. Should you find clubroot on your farm, ministry staff and SARMS plant health officers or PHOs. We'll work with you to ensure that management practices you put in place on your farm are science-based and practical for your operation. There are a couple of different ways to monitor for clubroot on your farm. The clubroot pathogen can be detected at low levels by soil test. This soil test is taken in low spots, water runs, high traffic areas, and the field entrance. In addition to soil testing, regularly pulling up brassica plants and checking roots for galls is helpful in detection as well. Reporting clubroot is encouraged, either on your own or through your agronomist. Each report to the ministry is kept confidential and can be reported to your nearest Crops Extension Specialist, the Provincial Plant Disease Specialist, or through your SARM Division PHO. Specific land locations will only be shared with the RM if it has a clubroot-specific bylaw in place. If you find clubroot on your farm in 2021, don't panic. We're here to help you keep growing canola profitably while only implementing a few different practices. An informed producer has a higher chance of managing the disease early. To find more information on Clubroot management plans, recent maps, scouting tips, reporting clubroot, biosecurity protocols, and more, visit saskatchewan.ca slash agriculture and search clubroot, or contact your nearest crops extension specialist, provincial plant disease specialist, or plant health officer. This has been Kaylee Kondrochik, Crops Extension Specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture in Oak.
3: Coming up, the market update.
0: The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market
3: Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollows Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. By terra, prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola gained $25.40 at seven twenty-one twenty-seven. dollars 1 red spring wheat dropped $0.61 cents at $2.75.74. The rest were unchanged. Durham, three twelve thirty-two, dollars Feed barley, two seventy-one fifteen, dollars Flax, eight ninety-one eighty, dollars Lentils, six forty-four fifty, dollars Oats, two twenty-nine fifty-three, dollars Yellow peas, three ninety-two eighty-nine. dollars Feed wheat, 238.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat, May futures are down three and three quarter cents, $6.34 a bushel.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on the Source, 620 CKRM.
3: The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842 4574. And now the latest quotes.
2: Acidaboy Livestock had a pre-sort sale on March 9th and a regular cow and bull sale on March 10th. 300 to 400 pound steers sold from 226 to 253. 400 to 450 pound steers sold from 247 to 253. 450 to 500 pound steers sold from 241 to 244. 500 to 550 pound steers sold from 235 to 244. 550 to 600 pound steers sold from 216 to 232. 600 to 650 pound steers sold from 207 to 219. 650 to 700-pound steers sold from 194 to 210. 700 to 800-pound steers sold from 186 to 205. And 800 to 900-pound steers sold from 174 to 186. Heifers are 20 to 30 cents back from the steers. The cows are up a couple cents from our last sale. Heiferettes sold from 114 to 122. D1 and D2 cows sold from 81 to 92 cents. D3 cows sold from 50 to 65 cents. And slaughter bulls sold from 102 to 113. This is Jordan Stevens of the Cinnaboya Livestock Market Report. Have a great ranching day.
3: And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices one ninety eight and one cent. Coming up, the Resource Report.
0: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report.
3: The annual pace of inflation in Canada came in lower than expected last month as it edged up to 1.1%. That was up from 1% in January but below the 1.3% increase that economists on average were expecting. Stats Canada says the increase was largely driven by higher gasoline prices which were up 5% year over year. The Saskatchewan Chamber of Commerce has released its report of what it will take to have a successful transition into a low-carbon economy in the province. There are 18 recommendations on how to support business in Saskatchewan and achieve federal climate change goals. Named Building the Low-Carbon Economy, the report is a collection of research, recommendations and written submissions from industry experts on the subject. Chamber CEO Steve McClellan says a low-carbon economy is a chance for Saskatchewan to build the economy for the next generation and enhance resiliency. On the markets, gains in the energy and financial sectors helped offset losses in the technology and metals and mining stocks as Canada's main stock index crept higher in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was up 7 points at 18,880. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 16 points at 32,842. The Canadian dollar traded at 80.07 cents U.S. compared with 80.29 cents on Tuesday. The May crude oil contract was down 88 cents at $63.98 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more.
0: microactive pre-emergent herbicides.